Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, last week, Nicola Mitchell from Life Scientific was announced as the winner of the 2020 EY Entrepreneur of the Year competition, and I'm delighted to say that she joins me on the phone now to discuss the win and building a multinational company. Nicola, many congratulations on being announced as the winner of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award for 2020. So what does this award mean to you and the team at Life Scientific? Well, it just, it means everything to us, really. Uh, and, you know, it's not for awards we're on this journey, uh, but it is nice sometimes to be acknowledged, especially when we work in an industry that um, isn't maybe uh, as sexy as Google and, you know, Facebook and these ones. And so uh, the, the, the agric- agricultural and scientific side of things is, is so underrated. Before we do discuss your business, why do you think that the agricultural sector is so underrated here in Ireland? People take food for granted, you know. We, the country of of famine, you know, and I remember years ago a guy in a conference asked me, Nicola, he was Finnish, he said, how does it feel that you had 8 million people and it went to 2? You know, how does that make you feel? And he was clearly enraged. And, you know, these things that we do, which are, are, are the chemicals, the agrochemicals, they're, 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 you know, they're working against ergotism. They're working against malaria. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're preventing famine. And, 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 you know, there's so much potential in what they do, um, and, and are used, you know, only when unavoidable. And, um, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's science. And I'm not, not a, it's not scientism. Meaning, there's, it's, it's not the only, and it's certainly not the authoritative worldview, but. With science, if you can understand nature and if you, if you can unlock some of the secrets of it, you can maybe use and lever nature to support you in, in feeding this 7 billion people, which otherwise, we'd, 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 without science, would only feed three. Nicola, I'd like to take you back to the early 90s when you identified an opportunity for an agri-based business. That would become mm. life scientific. What was this idea and how did you identify the opportunity? Well, I would worked for uh, 10 years for Barclay Chemicals Limited, so it was a wonderful entrepreneurial company. Um, and I had been recruited at that stage uh, as a chemist into the business, a uh, family business, uh, to coincide with the introduction of statutory legislation of licensing agrochemicals, both in the UK and Ireland. So, you know, I got sent off to France or Germany or wherever and got, got, got sent off to build labs. So it was a wonderful sort of sink or swim or learning environment working off a green field. So you learn, you learn very quickly and rapidly and and it was a whole new field this 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 regulatory uh, area really huge hugely new and uh, really important field and the owner at that time would would say you know the ability to be able to license these things was the future that was the access the market access that you know the key to to value and unlocking value in the industry so i got into the mode of really understanding it and 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 and, and perfecting it and 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 fine-tuning it and developing capabilities especially in the hardest of areas and you know i would have said that at that stage the generic part sector of the industry you know we have we have big multinationals who have six thousand scientists but the generic sector had very little science and at best it had multinational type science which wasn't really the right sort of science which we have pioneered which i call of patent science so yeah, I spent 10 years learning the trade and then and set up a, a campus company on, on UCD campus starting uh, to develop a, a particularly difficult study, scientific study that needed the best, best uh, chemists, the best, best technology, which we had access to on the campus um, and GLP certification, it's good, good laboratory practice certification, which was an OECD certification that was really, really 
difficult, if not impossible, to get in Ireland. So, yeah, I didn't set the bar low in terms of challenges for ourselves. So, if we fast forward to the present day, Life Scientific now has over 60 products and is on course for a 1 billion euro valuation over the coming years. But ultimately, what do you attribute this overall success to? Hard work. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, and I, I would have hoped we could also say that we have a respect for human beings. So it's it, 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 nothing at the expense of human beings, but, but it, it's always, you, you know, so as one of the other finalists said, you know, that intelligence and um, uh, talent is overrated, you know, and it's all about attitude. So you do need, uh, let, let's just say, um, character maybe. And, and <laughs> that really means hard work that, you, you, you know, you just have to, you, you, you just persevere, you have resilience, you, 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 you know, the, the harder the knocks, the stronger you become. What was the hardest knock that you had to suffer along the way? Well, for 20 years, we were offering this R&D this, as a service into, into the industry. And it was hand to mouth. It, it really was. Um, we, 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 we were originating um, uh, all the time without ever getting the benefit of those originations. Or, you, you know, so we had always in our, in our mind's eye to pivot the business to be a, a product company and not a service company. And we did that in uh, our first product was in 2012. And, and, and we, we went from 2 million revenues to 60 million revenues in seven years. That is quite incredible. Now, as you say, the company places significant emphasis on R&D activities, but typically what processes does Life Scientific follow in this regard? Well, we follow our own sort of processes underpinned by huge scientific disciplines, but uh, I think a a good example might be we decided um, that wouldn't it be great if we could uh, reverse engineer the equivalent of the Coca-Cola recipes in our industry. So these are confidential formula, you know, these secret formula that multinationals adopt um, that, that, that help these products to work and optimize how they, how, they, how they are penetrated by the plant and all of those things. And everybody in the industry was telling us this couldn't be done because it is technically very challenging. And, you know, we, we decided, you know, let, let's, you know, we weren't going to live with the results of the multinationals thinking and we had a healthy respect for the way they operated the, the, the business but we, we felt look we, 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 we need to do this there would be huge value to us and especially to the farmers if we could uh, replicate or clone the multinationals technology so we would do it in a, in a way that would be much more um, fast efficient and cost effective the equivalent of sort of a, a developing a, a high throughput really the equivalent of 3D printing of clones of the multinationals products which we could offer for less money so there was a huge motivation for us to do it and so we just put put our heads uh, down uh, and we you know the right people came along the right capability came along the technology uh, advanced to the extent that we were able to do it and we, we, we did it you know and so it's, it's a great story for us to remind ourselves that uh, you know impossible is nothing really and we just have to practice doing impossible things. So in terms of sourcing the required R&D skills, are these easily accessible within the Irish market or have you needed yeah. to look internationally? Well, we have a, we have a sort of dichotomy in, in, in the business. We, we've linked in with a lot of the multinational people based uh, largely out of uh, France. They're ex-multinational people from Rome Polanca, a French multinational. And they elevate us. So they, so they, 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 they allow us to understand how corporates work because we've always wanted to build big. You know, we, we've always been preparing ourselves to really become a multinational, a global uh, Irish uh, headquartered multinational. And that was that. Um, but, but really, we couldn't have done it without the local 
local uh, uh, talent here, which is a, there's a fertile feeding ground of wonderful Irish chemists. We couldn't be more fortuitous. And, and certainly working up to the campus of UCD uh, uh, gave us access to you know the, the best and, 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 and the most plentiful uh, of, of, of wonderful Irish scientists. So I'm, I don't think I could have done this in, from any other country in the world. I'm, I'm really proud to say that. Well, that's certainly great to hear. Now, Nicola, what stands out to me about you, I have to say, is back in the 90s when you were dreaming up this business first day, (laughs) your vision starting out was for this company to become a multinational. Who instilled that vision with you at that particular time and why was that so important? Yeah, I think I I was heavily influenced by my father, who, who was a chemist also. And he was disenfranchised because he worked in a multinational. He would have said that, you know, multinationals are their fur-lined mousetrap, Nicola, and, you know, you need to escape. And, you know, he was entrepreneurial, maybe. That, 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 that's really the way of the world. And he, from an early age, he sent me to France to learn French because of the single market was coming. And he said, Nicola, you need a second language, at least a second language, and do that. And then you need to do an MBA, Nicola, and then you, you need to set up a business, Nicola. And I often think, was it his dream? I'm living, but absolutely, I don't believe... For a minute, it was his dream. I just think we had the same dreams and we, we wanted to uh, to build something that was maybe unique and reflected Irish values and, and uh, our Irishness. And I was inspired as well by a long line and very strong line of, of, of women on my mother's side. And uh, uh, they, they, they gave me examples all through my life of how you, uh, of first, of doing this and of breaking breaking glass ceilings and, you know, uh, and following your dreams and, and all of those things and honouring who you were and, and, and having integrity and, and not, not buying into other people's definition of success or, you know, others be, other people's expectations of how you should live your life. And Nicola, in terms of how you went about cultivating international success for Life Scientific, what mm. did our pathway look like? Well, we were an exporting company from the get-go, you know, so the, the industry is quite a global one. And, you know, uh, from even since the 80s, I was going to Brighton, which was where their global conference was, and you'd meet the Chinese, the Australians, the South Africans, you know, the, the, the South Americans, you know, it was, it was all there. It's quite a quite an intimate industry in that sense. So it didn't feel like such a big step any time. And, and, and the multinationals are the same throughout the world, and the, 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 the rules are largely are, are often OECD-linked, you know, so they the, the, the regulatory rules, so it didn't feel like a huge step. But the first, our first really foray was 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 probably France was the biggest step and first step for us uh, after the UK. We're currently making submissions now into South and North America, so you know in, in that sense um, we can we can do a lot and and more easily um, in in this world of hyper connectivity, you know. And one civil lawsuit against regulators in Germany over delays in granting licences for yeah. life scientific products. Such litigious actions must have proved challenging for you both on a personal level and the company as a whole. Well, I think with some things like this, you choose them. It's different if you're getting lawsuits from multinationals, you know, where, you, where you're in the spotlight. But we were choosing these. We were, we were taking the initiatives with these things. Uh, and yeah, somebody had to. Somebody's had to step up, step up and do it. And... Um, I, I, I was always fascinated by how the courts dealt with science. So that was one of the other reasons we decided to have clones. So if we had identical products at a molecular level to the multinationals, then any court case could only ever really be about competition. You know, you know, so, so why, why can you license one product and then not the identical one? And why is it taking you so long? And, and, and that can then, you know, you expose really what the, what, the, what the underlying issues are if you can take the science out because the science makes everything quite confusing and it certainly confuses the legal system in my view. So we had simple propositions for the court cases, 
but we could have won in any number of ways but we won on the da- on the delays way you know but there's a- there's ongoing issues uh, to be had but uh, I feel it was really important work and it, it, it really provides for the single market that we all signed up for and we, you can't have you know that yes uh, Germany is the whole the home of the two big of the three big multinationals in in, in our industry uh, it not entitled anyone to undermine a single market or not to engage in reciprocity and and you know competitive uh, um, single market for farmers you know and Nicola, I know that you have yet to receive the damages awarded to you and I've yeah. acknowledged that you may never see this money, but why was this such an important victory overall for you? Well, it allowed us to set up a business in Germany, uh, so two years ago, and we're 10 million in revenues now. And so the German farmers really appreciate have multinational quality for less, less, less cost. So there's a gap, there's a need, there's a crying out, you know, more so now than ever before. For, for competitive, uh, so um, we, we're really pleased with that business, and we, we just we as I said we wanted behavioural change. So uh, the, the 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 applications we're making for 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 licences are are being processed much more quickly these days. So it's, it's wonderful for that, uh, and for everyone, you know. Uh, Nicola, you've built a phenomenally successful business now employing eighty two people, but why are we not seeing more startups operating in the agri sector right now? Oh God, I can't, you know, and I'm, I was saying to you a little bit, that I'm a one-trick pony, I don't know much about everything, <laughs> but I know a lot about this area, so so why aren't we? Um, uh, I, I just, I think maybe companies like ourselves will, will foster, and certainly the company I worked for fostered uh, many industries around uh, around there, and your Elan days, there were quite a lot of spin-offs for pharma, so I would have said it, 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 it's a part of our evolution, and hopefully, you know, we did have a, a big, big, big vacuum when when all the dot coms came in and 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 sucked up all of all of our young creative blood. So hopefully, that will redress, you know, and and everybody will recognise that maybe some of the traditional scientists have a, an important part to play still. And Nicola, looking internally, have you any entrepreneurs working within your own business that could at some stage maybe set up their own business within the agri-sector? Absolutely, but what I'd hope, you know, this is my fervent hope that we are... Our culture here is so entrepreneurial that it will feel fully, fully fulfilled, and that we can we can be a, almost like a, a sort of a, a microcosm or some sort of a fertile sort of ecosystem that will allow them to 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 really spawn and and grow from within. And 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 I feel, you know, I think the way the multinationals do their big research programs, it's very much, it's like you know they they kind of confine them through standard operating procedures, templates, forms, you know. Uh, and, and they shackle them. So I would love to build a culture here whereby, you know, we have all pods and different areas of expertise and they can they can just develop themselves and, and, and we can therefore then land some of the biggest and best of the uh, innovation. So we'll have the, we'll have the benefits of not being, you know, coming from nothing and no resources. And then we'll have the, we'll be able to link that in with, 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 with all the ingenuity that these young people have. But we'll be able to bring some of the, you know, the more mature and, and systems and, and, and approaches that allows these, some of these great ideas to actually, you know, land and, 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 and see in the world and, 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 and scale in the world. So, yeah, so I, I hope all those bright budding entrepreneurs stay with us, uh, working with us along the journey and that we give them enough uh, um, latitude for that. And Nicola, if any of our listeners this morning are considering starting a business in the agri-sector, what advice have you got for them? 
Well, don't give up on your dreams. Don't listen to people who tell you, uh, uh, you know, no. <laughs> so just uh, just honour that, uh, uh, you know, inner voice uh, and be true to it. And it mightn't happen the way you plan, but it will happen for sure. It'll happen for you. And is there any particular niches in the market that they should be looking upon? You know, there's, there's all of the drones, there's all of the, the, the precision ag, you know, there's all of the... Looking, I was listening to conference this morning with with Brexit. The UK might start changing the the licensing rules for um, it's not GM, but it's close to that. It's gene editing. So there's wonderful things happening. Huge technology, uh, not you know in, in in terms of the science, not, not not just the IT side of things. And you know, one day for sure in our business, uh, we'll be able to go direct on farm, and the blockchain will manage the the, the contract. You know, the pricing blockchain will manage the yeah. the uh, the reputation. And, and, and it'll manage the payment, you know, so it, 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 you, you'll really get a direct system that will allow everyone to take cost out of the channel to the benefit of farmers. So one nugget that I'm taking from you this morning for those listening that are considering starting a business in the agri side is to keep a close eye in terms of what's happening from a regulatory perspective. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You couldn't have said it better. And Nicola, in terms of future growth plans for Life Scientific, I know that you have a big audacious goal for the business over the coming years. What's in store for us? <laughs> well, you see, we've been very slow um, in, in, in retrospect. So we, we, we've been organic in, in the way we've grown. And so now we can reliably and predictably uh, to tell you the future that we, we, we expect to, to create, which is to be 250 million turnover by 2025. And that's just rolling out um, uh, into new markets and, and doing more products using our sort of developed and, and developing platforms. So it's nothing, you know, there's no big, you know, leap there to, to, to make. It's just a, a rolling out of what we have and, and it's organic in terms of, of the growth we see. And Nicola, my final question for you this morning is to get an understanding, are you building life scientific to keep it or to sell it over the next number of years? So I suppose uh, definitely not to sell it. Uh, in Stanford, they tell you your first business is your best one. Uh, and anyway, I, I wouldn't know what else to do. But what I want to do is build a, a global multinational. I've said that. I've said it all the time, consistently. And so that might I might end up with 15% of the business or whatever, but I'm not being pushed off this road. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Nicola Mitchell from Life Scientific, this year's EY Entrepreneur of the Year. And we wish Nicola every success in reaching her billion euro valuation. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.